The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you are staying well, looking after yourselves, not doom scrolling um, and just, you know, trying to find the joy in everything. It's um, been a, a bit of a, a strange week. Um it's been really lovely for us. We've had some really lovely feedback on last week's episode. Um, so we have decided to give you another one of what does persistent and nasty mean to you? Um, this one's a little bit shorter with only a couple of guests and then you finish off with Louise and I. Um, but we have picked deliberately two of our previous guests for just with everything that is going on in the world and particularly um, what happened in Scotland outside um, hospitals in Edinburgh and Glasgow this week and just we really want to reiterate to everyone in case you were wondering where we stood on this I'm sure you aren't at all because you'll know exactly where we are but um, your body your choice always your body your choice and we will fight uh, for that yeah, it's been, it's one of those things that when something happens in another country, it doesn't always feel like it's got an impact on you, but it really does. And it's about how activism and advocacy work and all the work that we do, uh, and we do with you, our amazing community, what that can happen and what change can make and how we keep fighting and um, we will get there. I truly believe it have to believe it and I do I believe it in my bones also it's mental health week uh, this week and I am sure I'm not alone in this as many performers are and we all struggle at points and the last few weeks for me have definitely been a up and down emotional roller coaster and yeah it's um it's been a tricky one Equity the Union have done a huge case study on mental health and the figures are astounding but not surprising um, and I will link the article and uh, the Guardian article with all the details in the show notes but really what I want to say to everyone is this industry is hard and it can chip away at you and it can make you feel undervalued, worthless, but you are not. You are definitely not. I am glad that you are here. There are so many people who are glad that you are here. You are loved for all that you are. No matter what that is, you are loved. So please, everyone, look after yourselves. Do what you need to do self-care it sounds a cliche but it really isn't you need to find those things if that is sitting watching a film that you've watched 20 times but it makes you feel good do it if it is listening to Lizzo's absolute new banger of a tune over and over and over again do it if it's going for a swim if it is going for a walk if it is painting if it is sitting and just knowing that you are okay do whatever you have to do you are loved as i say today we are having another little re-listen and um, we have lorna king and lily o'farrell for you uh, both of these were recorded in 2021 lorna's um at the third wave uh, of the pandemic so we were all still in our houses and Lily's in September when things had started to ease up and then you have Louise and I um, from our fourth birthday celebration. We really want to hear what persistent and nasty means to you so 
please send us either written via email or you can record it and send us it via email. And what does persistent and nasty mean to you? So send it to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow us on all other social media as well. Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. You can follow both Louise I, Louise I, Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and Elaine.stirrett on Instagram. Come and say hi. We love it. For today's episode, I say, have whatever you damn well please. I am probably going to have an orange wine tonight. Has anybody tried it? My friend Nikki has got me into it. It is rather lovely. But in case you're needing some suggestions, a rum, beer, wine, orange wine indeed. And, oh, maybe a wee... I don't like gin, but I always love the look of a lovely like gin with some fruit in it. So if you do like gin, go for that. Coffee, hot chocolate. But as always, you can just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. This little section is with the absolutely brilliant Lorna King. We are talking everything from uh, rocking the boat to making space and her short film, Her Midas Touch. So this was recorded um, last year, 2021, April-ish of 2021. So we are still in the kind of, what was that, third wave um, so it was again on Zoom and um, Lorna is discussing her short film, Her Midas Touch. And since then, it has been filmed and is in post. So I will let you listen to the gorgeous Lorna King. It's yeah. such a catch-22 and it is such a long, it's such a long game because you can't make these changes immediately. But you yes. do really need to like force, force things like in one direction to kind of like yeah move it along because honestly it's, it's, at, it's, at that, it's at the point when you're trying to make change you're like okay I know that this is what I need to do to make change is when you realize like how structural it is and that's that at that point you then become radicalized you're like oh so it's not even like it's just me I'm trying to do my best I'm not bothering anyone but I can't even do it because the system is decidedly against this then you realize that the system is built on hating disabled people on hating anyone who isn't a a rich white man basically and it's like there are different levels of accessibility depending on how high or low you are on the totem pole it's bs all of it is man-made bs it didn't have to be that is not the natural order you know and i just i hate when people are like no don't rock the boat you know you're lucky to be in this position no 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 Oh, I hate, I hate that. I hate I know. that Honestly. argument. It, it literally, my, my blood boils at like that even like, oh, don't I, go, oh my God, let me just drown you. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Listen, we're I in just, 2021 now though, and that phrase is still there of don't Honestly. Like really, generally. And you know, like we've said it a million times on this podcast and in life, we call people out and I'm always like oh we're never getting employed again ha 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 we're never getting employed again haven't been employed ha 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 <laughs> since we started calling people out oh crap I rocked the boat but you know what I'd rather fucking rock the boat and make the industry and the world a better place than like exactly. getting away with your fucking bullshit it really oh honestly I, I just it's so so oftentimes I'm like I am so ready to say things but because they haven't happened to me personally I'm like I'll step back and let the other person say it but there's a lot could be done better even in today's and I just it's so many things like the way you know you realize that like a lot of disabled people have been kept out of so much stuff because they couldn't physically get somewhere and then the minute corona came around and abled people started experiencing difficulty everything was moved online so it's like, oh, so we could always do it. We just chose not to do it. That is BS. I just, talkers. oh, honestly, like I, it makes me so crazy. I'm like, this world really could be an amazing place for everyone, not just the select few. But here we are, just the select few are the ones that 
are getting all the resources and are then pointing the finger at other people being like, that person's taking your resources. Don't look at all the coins I've got. Just, yeah. I just. Yes. <sighs> it's the illusion. It's the illusion that things are scarce. Yes. Things are not, jobs are not scarce. Job, like money is not scarce. If the people at the top stop hoarding them. Exactly. Exactly. How is it that, that all the billionaires in the world got richer off this yeah. pandemic? And oh. all the poor people got poor. Would you look at that? The money's going somewhere. It's mm-hmm. almost like it was set up to benefit the people at the top. Almost. Who would have thunk it? Almost. Like, honestly, I, it makes me, just the more I see with, about the world, I'm just like, I hate this place. But since <laughs> I can't leave it, I'm going to have to do what I can to make it better for other people. That's, I, I suppose that's like my my own thing. But, oh, it's, it's just, ugh. It is though I think if you get it even if you give if you care a tiny bit it's really hard to sometimes look about at the world and be like what is actually happening like Mm -hmm. process all of that stuff but all we can do is try and make it a little bit better yeah and it's literally one of the things that got me when lockdown started as well because you have a lot more time to like look at the news and see how everything is just going to hell in a handbasket and it was just you had no you had the time to process it all and that was just one of the things that like shut me down i was like i i, I cannot deal with this anymore it's, it's part of that pandemic anxiety everything is just there's nothing solid to hold on to we've all been raised to like oh these are the jobs that are stable and you know they, these are the places with career progressions none of that is available like the whole world has changed so much faster than anyone is really keeping up with and it's really anxiety inducing like it's horrible never mind the fact that it's a global pandemic and exactly on top of all that yeah exactly Um, (sighs) I think so the the one thing that we we do and what you're doing is to make things as like to make things better and the way we can do it as artists and performers is to tell stories exactly and now you've got your film her Midas Touch. Okay, so basically, the, Her Midas Touch is, it's a family drama that um, revolves around this girl. She's 16 and she lives with her grandmother. She's Ghanaian Scottish. And she has this ability to take away people's grief. Um, so she sort of is starting to get hired for funerals or like people that have just recently experienced grief because they can pay for her to take it away and they don't necessarily care about the fact that it takes a toll on her so what I'm really looking to investigate with this especially with the overhaul I'm just making it a lot clearer is the whole the, the way the system is so stacked against black women to the point where it's like who are we outside of our labor if we you know going back to that conversation about an immigrant is still a human being whether they are working as a doctor or whether they are on benefits like they're still a person it doesn't matter so it's that sort of thing where it's like Esther you know would not be making the money that she's making going into the spaces that she's going into because these are rich people because of the service that she's doing for them even though it's hurting her so that is the sort of thing that I'm trying to explore basically (laughs) I'm trying to yeah that's it I'm trying to think if I'd given anything away I had I don't think I have no that's fine I love it I just I honestly like it's it's such an interesting idea and yeah as someone who's read the script and like in in one of its forms yeah I know that visually it's going to be freaking brilliant and I know that Amy's going to direct it like an absolute boss I know she's going to knock it out of the park and I'm just I can't wait to get her finally give her the script so she can start doing what she needs to do because she's I've been working on it since like the start of January or maybe the middle of January and I'm just like just be patient I'll get it to you in a bit and I, I still haven't so but I will and then we'll like go on from there but I am really excited to to get this going and I it's not as though like I'm setting out to make a statement I really just want to tell a story but sometimes just being who you are makes a statement already and you kind of have to roll with it and it's like oh I guess I'm making a statement but you know this is what the story is about um so you know that's one of the things I'm hoping also to make it into a feature film version so we shall see how that goes but uh, yeah at least Scotland is coming up on the map and you know people are making noise about diversity of all sorts not just like ethnic diversity so I'm really honestly I'm excited to see where things are going to be going because I know you know the the big the people with the big money 
are backing more and more diverse projects, which is really exciting to see. And it's, I don't know if it's because they care really, but it's it's a money thing. People watch diverse stories. People like it. You know, it's only like a, a tiny minority of you know terrible little people on like social media that are like, but why are there black people? In this? People like it. You're just like, people, but people like it because it's the people yeah. that are in their everyday life that they see exactly and that they exactly. haven't so seen like, before on screen and it's that thing again of how are we at this point in time and that that this is the new thing quote unquote exactly and it's like this is not new it, yeah. you, you just haven't seen it before but it's not new like i know there's going to be a, i'm pretty sure um it was silver print pictures that might be developing something to do with like black tutors because black people have been here <laughs> for a while <laughs> yes just because you don't see it on tv so like you've now kind of it's in your subconscious now that that's what it's always been that black people only came along from maybe windrush yeah no um, so you know it's just it's exciting to be able to tell these stories now yeah. you know london was a port guys just in case people didn't realize and lots of people came over and then just spread all across the country so you know exactly people uh, just don't want to read that's the thing i will <laughs> But there definitely is that is a definite thing wasn't it it's about um you get one narrative of the history mm-hmm. of your life you don't history is set but the, it's what you get taught exactly history is what it is but there's so much stuff that is literally cut out and whitewashed I mean the more like the more I look into just a random historical fact and I'm like oh okay <laughs> that's a lot can kind of see why they don't teach it in school but they should at least address it honestly you know that's something else that's going on in the curriculum like trying to address it honestly because people really do believe that like Britain was this amazing place and the empire was a good thing and I'm like but imagine being on the other side of that though exactly <laughs> like come on exactly. but it's not taught honestly so it's really funny I actually remember as a kid like because I love history I proper love it and I was like hmm. loved learning about the Victorians all of that you know suffragettes yeah my not all of that um but even probably getting to like 11 or 12 and just starting to kind of listen to stories and things I remember thinking oh so we just basically went into people's countries and stole their country we it's went and, and took, we stole a country mm-hmm. like let's yeah be, let's be fucking honest about it yeah you have there. to be honest there were we people there some and we were amazing empire that was great all the time we're really fucking not and the countries that we went into the stuff that we did is fucking horrific mm-hmm. and then our attitude towards other countries that do similar things is we look we're oh we're so above that and we would never oh. do that. bullshit <laughs> nothing gets my mom riled up more than that when she's just like they seem they look so respectable and they talk about nigerian corruption and i'm like where do you think they learned it from though <laughs> like colonialism is it still has a huge legacy like even me writing this script I can't like my family they speak Chi right and I can't I can't really speak Chi despite the fact that I was born in Ghana and I was there until I was like 10 years old I can understand it on like a 10 year old you know level of understanding but also I'm I'm very very rusty now I haven't spoken to another Ghanaian in a long ass time um but it's it was a deliberate decision that was made that we wouldn't taught tree at home because we needed to get into the good nursery schools <laughs> nursery <laughs> like you wouldn't be admitted into like the good nursery schools if you didn't have english to a certain standard so like we would just never no one ever spoke to us in tree like they'd speak to each other in tree because they can all like my mom speaks like four languages and i'm stuck with like one and a half and i'm just like well that's just thanks but it's one of those things you know like we kind of fell through the cracks of it because a lot of parents made that decision but mm-hmm. then their kids one stayed in ghana and two like they would speak tree you know amongst themselves but we were one of those funny ones where like the schools we went to you actually would be punished if you weren't speaking a european language so if you weren't speaking english or german no not german french because we had francophone countries around us you would literally be canes like this is ghana the caned kids they'll literally i don't know if they still do it but they definitely did it when i was there so you know at that point no one ever says to you that oh your language is inferior not one person has said that people still speak to you like it's not a thing but that's the subconscious messaging yeah so like it's just, you know 
so you don't learn it and then you get older and then you have problems with like belonging because it's like well I'm not really Ghanaian enough for Ghanaians and I'm not really like so it's it's difficult and then when you finally kind of carve your niche and find your space I'm like oh I'm trying to write out some tree words in the script and oh boy I have no idea how this would be said in tree I don't even know if a tree speaker would say it so it's little things like that I'm still kind of grappling with you know the culture of the country that I was born in and I just don't let it stress me out as much as I used to anymore because it's not worth it but I'm trying to learn getting there you know but it's literally it's little things like that and that's a big legacy of colonialism Mm -hmm. honestly so it's just you know just one thing that I know we went through but yeah good times right (laughs) but even just the fact that you went through that and that's like really recent history that isn't like you know 50 60 years ago that's super recent exactly so the fact that that is is still running through that Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's it's wild no one gets like we don't we didn't get taught like the history of Ghana like my grandmother is still alive and she was born before Ghana was independent like she was born under the queen's rule and I'm just like it's so crazy like it's living memory still Mm -hmm. but I think it's something because it's not taught honestly people really don't realize it and it feels like it happened a thousand years ago and it didn't you know it's a bit like people telling African-Americans to stop talking about slavery and I'm like no the effects are still there because you guys never dealt with it this still needs to be talked about we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't have to like believe us we wouldn't talk about it if we didn't have to so you know it's just dealing with life you know depending on on like like how you identify like massive therapy sessions on like country levels yes like (sighs) you know like really with all of that um not that not to not to end this that part of the conversation but I'm really fascinated in why you picked grief for um her her power to be that she takes honestly that it was funny because the idea actually came well not like funny funny but you know but the idea actually came around it's not what I'm saying it's not funny <laughs> like sorry um but no like the idea actually came from <laughs> just wait until my friend hears about this uh, oddly enough actually it's an idea that came from my friend and her birthday is today weirdly enough um she lost her mum gosh I think it's 10 years ago 2011 that's yeah gosh because I was in uni yeah 2011 so she lost her mum 10 years ago this year Yeesh, I can't believe I'm just not realizing that. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so like she's already been through so much. And this was just another thing that had happened. And I was like, I just wish I could take this from her. Like I really wish I could I could just transfer it from her to me so that she wouldn't be suffering so much. And then it kind of snowballed, like, but what if it wasn't like I was channeling it into the ether? Like, what if I had to deal with it? Would I still do it? And then it just kind of just became this idea that never really went away. I had this idea in like 2011 and I had no concept of writing anything. Um, and it just kind of never left my mind. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to investigate it. But I think just generally I stuck with it because grief is such a powerful emotion. I don't know if it's the most, it might be the most powerful emotion because I think loving someone is all good, but you can be calm and love someone. But like grief is just this tangled mess of like especially you know if the person that's died if you didn't have a great relationship with them you feel sad but you feel angry and you feel betrayed you feel cheated it's complicated and I think you know that gut punch of I don't want to feel this is something that I felt like a lot of people can relate to more than any other emotion and most other emotions you can deal with but grief is like you're going to take your time to deal with me you know you have to go through all the stages and it doesn't ever really go away so that's what fascinated me the most about it honestly and I was like yeah I want to explore this and see how this can affect someone when the grief is not theirs but they're having to deal with it now like does it have to be connected to the person that died even though it's not their grief like how so yeah I, I kind of <laughs> I, I did a lot of thinking on that before I managed to streamline it just a little bit there but yeah that's essentially where that idea came from it's, yeah because when you talk about it I'm like it's such a it's international everybody everybody at some point in their life will experience grief yeah um and and actually the varying different types of grief that there are because there are as you've just said yeah um it's fascinating you were talking about it I was like would I give it away like which is really like yeah said to me I can take this away from you would I give it away and I think my initial reaction is I don't think I would because it's part of being a human being. 
exactly. But if you think about people who are used to paying for inconveniences to go away, that's when you're like, oh, she can tap into money oh, totally. but at a big cost. And as you said earlier about um, the caring role of black women, like as soon as you said it, I was like, well, of course it's a young black female who's getting uh, the grief put on her. Exactly. Because it, um, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, she would have been looking after the house or raising the kid for exactly. the really rich white people. Mm-hmm. And it's very much, it's it's that that sense of like emotional labor and also a little bit of of like, even within the family, the older members can sometimes be like, well, I, I went through all of this. So why shouldn't you? Like, you're not better than me. This is what I've been through. So it, it's, it's this partly a little bit of that going as well, where not all, you know, caretakers or parents want their kids to necessarily do better. Sometimes it's like, well, I went through this, therefore you need to go through some kind of suffering too. So that it's, it was just interesting playing around with all those little complex things that you know that's a really weird family dynamics another great level to it as well though Lorna like that idea of not all parents want their kids not to have it as hard as they had it Mm -hmm. it's wild it's one of the things like my mom is so not like that but my grandmother is like that so it's 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 interesting because the the relationship at least like in the version of the script that you'd have read Misha the relationship between the grandmother and the granddaughter was very much based on the relationship between like my mom and her mom and it's just because it was kind of fascinating to watch how mom, I don't know how this happened, but she's so like the polar opposite to my grandmother. Um, is that like my mom is super caring and compassionate to a fault. Like I will have to be like, mom, don't, it's not necessary. You know, like she honestly, like Anansi <laughs> sitting over here, she, I never thought she could like cats, but mom met this big cat and is in love. And I'm always having to stop her from feeding him because I'm like, I fed him already. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> like she's like, but he's looking at me. <laughs> I'm like, yes, because he knows that you're weak. It's like, that's just the way that she is. <laughs> like my, my grandmother is, is not that at all. So it was just interesting to, I, I feel like it was a bit of therapy for me, just parsing through that relationship being like, how could this person be like that? You know, for, you know, what is the reason? What made her this way? You know, so it's not that, you know, I, I don't hate her or anything, but it's like, wow, she's been through some stuff in order for this to happen, you know? So, yeah, like, that's the sort of thing I, I, I just found quite interesting to deal with. And isn't that great as well? Because, like, you're creating women on screen that are layered rather than yes. just typical stereotypes and stuff. You know, you could easily have gone, okay, so the, the grandmother is going to be quote-unquote cruel and cold mm-hmm. and we won't go into any more about that because yeah. that's it so that's that so when actually we all know as human beings that there's so many layers that come with that yes in particular women are never for some reason never seem to be given those layers in film and uh, well on screen yeah it's very odd you know like you just think we are at least half the population globally how are we still struggling for proper representation like how does this also, happen? If it wasn't for us, the other half wouldn't be fucking here. Yeah, I mean, really, come on now, give some respect, you know. But it's 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 odd because I'm it's I'm just writing something that feels true to me. I mean, even if I wind up changing some things, like I always that's kind of why I, I can't write something that's not that doesn't feel true to me or something that I'm not interested in because it would just be bad. It would be boring, and I'm not going to do it. It's a lot of money and time to spend doing something you don't really want to do. Um, but you know. It, it feels a little bit like if we had more of that, I feel like we, we, we wouldn't be, like the industry as a whole wouldn't be in the state that it was in. Because now it's all about like, but we, we need proper representation, but they're not hiring people to do the representation. They will still hire the same people to make it look like they have the representation, which causes its own problems. Because it's like, if you've got like a white male writer who's trying to write a black woman and he doesn't even know a single black woman, of course it's going to be a mess. He doesn't know, you know, so hire the people. Like, I just, it's, it's, I keep going back to just the structural change that needs to happen, but it does. And I think things are shifting, not as quickly as I would like, but at least they are shifting. Um, So I'm just hoping that it's not like a trend where like everything just shuts back up, you know, and after some period of time. So we'll see, we'll see about that. But I think, I think probably there's a fear probably from all of us that are on that point of view that COVID in some way might end up putting us back that way. But but I think there's so many of us that are um, 
willing to keep pushing forward yeah that, that we can't go back we won't allow it to happen so they yeah. might want to try and make that go back because that feels safe for them yeah but it's not the constant like, struggle isn't it yeah they're so, always trying to make it go back and we have to be the ones that keep pushing yeah, yeah it's the way yeah. it goes revolution baby I feel like it is moving exponentially though like I really do feel like the wave of change is too far over that they can't push it back it's going to come crashing down now and it is going to wipe out all these white men I definitely you know like I'm hoping (laughs) here's the hoping because I I think I just have that fear that like it's too good to be true and it's it's based on nothing but it's not but I think it's not based on nothing I don't think Lorna, mm. I don't think it's not based on nothing. I think it's based on what was happened before and history. Yeah. So it d- definitely isn't based on nothing. It's that thing of everybody is like whether you're a female or whether um you know you're I don't know well like you're trans and non-binary and how we're moving forward with that. Mm-hmm. There's the whole thing of like well we look at things in the past and we oh we thought at that point it was going to be okay. Yeah, it, it wasn't. So that of course you're gonna like we've all got that worry, but I do. I think you're right, Misha. I think yeah. it's moved to a point. I hope it has moved to a point where we're at. Got that tipping point. Just see the light on Misha's face tonight coming in our window. I know. She looks like a little <laughs> Isn't angelic. I know. Like she looks like a little angel. It's <laughs> just gorgeous. Listeners, you can't what I miss. I really it's saw what I miss. It's the sunshine from Lorna, like beaming on my screen. <laughs> it, there's, I'm actually I mean, not front of a window. This is all Lorna's light. <laughs> Lit by Lorna. We'll get another badge. Like a That'll great be our company. Oh my God, that sounds like a wine company. Lit by Lorna. Honestly, <laughs> if I made a wine, that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Let's get lit by Lorna tonight. Yeah. Before we finish up, Lorna, we love to ask people what the phrase persistent and nasty means to you. Well, persistent and nasty, what that means to me is being persistent and not trying to be nice about it. And that is so valuable because we are always so taught, especially as women, to be nice about things. You have to smile in the face of whatever. It doesn't matter what you're saying. If you're not smiling, you're being rude. No, I'm going to be persistent in getting what I want and in changing the world. And I'm not going to be nice about it. And that's just that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Next up, we have the incredible Lily O'Farrell. Lily is a cartoonist and um, this episode was one of our first episodes back after our little break of last year. So this episode was recorded in September of 2021 um, and it's really interesting with everything that is happening in the United States that when we were chatting, uh, there had been... uh, a whole bunch of stuff happening in Texas and we are talking indeed about your body your choice and it is indeed your body your choice it is your right to choose what you do with your body a really great section on this from Lily who is just incredibly inspiring and her work and what she does is just brilliant. Make sure and check her out. Well, I guess the stories about the internet aren't gonna sell. Maybe they think that because people feel alienated by it. But I know that some governments are, I know that the UK government has um, funded some research into alt-right memes and like different online ways of communicating online and, and how it represents extremist communities. So that's good. So, you know, baby steps. I mean, Baby Steps can't believe that it's a right-wing government doing that, but (laughs) hey-ho. That's so true. That didn't occur to me. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they find. Um, Of course. God. um, Oh, God, let's... We could spend another hour talking about our shit show of a right-wing government. Yeah. Um, uh, In the UK. Um, and obviously, I'm wondering what your thoughts are about what happened in Texas over the weekend and if your next lot of cartoons might have something. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure you can guess what my thoughts I mean, are. I mean, I know what your yeah. thoughts are going to be, but <laughs> it's just like a lead in with um, yeah, yeah, yeah. what your thoughts are. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the first time, it's the first time where I feel the Handmaid's Tale comparison isn't a reach. 
you know I've always felt like the Handmaid's Tale comparison was a bit not dramatic but like a, a bit tongue-in-cheek I guess and now the comparisons are like yeah this is this is directly this is an in, it's insanity it's insanity um I was I'm struggling to do a cartoon about this and I don't actually think that I will and as awful as that is because I feel so helpless my all of the cartoons that I do I always try and have an uplifting ending an optimistic ending and I have no clue what to if I were to do a cartoon about this where to even start because because it's just it's despicable and disgusting and so many people are going to die because of this like let alone the the way it's going to impact the women who survive but people will die because uh, I mean I could talk about again this for hours but it's just it's the hypocrisy of it that I find mm-hmm awful the US is such a developed country but it's also such a dangerous place to have a child because of poverty and because of the racial medical discrimination so these people aren't pro-life what they are is you know pro controlling women's bodies yeah this is and people will still have abortions of course they will they just won't have them in a safe way and not everyone can go into a different state and everyone can afford to leave 50 percent. i think it's as, as high as 50 percent of the u.s population don't own passports yeah. so yeah it's uh i mean if you have any ideas for a cartoon, I as do- always it's the women um, from lower income households that will be affected this is it that's exactly it because the women that can afford to go to a different state and pay for it will not be affected um but the women who can't will be and this is when we are stepping into territory where people are as you say I think there was it was Jane Fonda shared it on Instagram it was a picture of a coat hanger made into the shape of a Texas yeah that's good that's and it was just like it really it really caught me like it really because you know, we've all heard those stories of women, of women in past generations who couldn't get that and who tried to use a coat hanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. Damaged themselves, not if not perforated something and then died. And it's just, you know, it's... And it's what you, it's, you know, it's that thing of like, I think for some reason, the world seems to hold America up to some sort of high standard. Yeah actually they're not not at all not at all because actually if they were they would have a health system which they don't because they don't actually care about life I think the worst thing I've seen so far which was something I saw this morning um and it was women being called host bodies how like say like for like actually I am gonna um going to find for you exactly who it was that said it so that's that's yeah host bodies it was get like it just is like I kind of watched it and was like this can't be real surely this can't be real and I'll send it to you yeah and I'll like like but just um that really do you know what it didn't stun me but it did that somebody in this day and age and it's what and it was obviously it kind of looked like the guy that was speaking looked like he was probably 40 40s and it was just like again it's this thing of you guys haven't learned that everything that you now see is published forever online will never go away and it's like this is going to haunt you and I don't think you either care or realize and you actually believe that yeah oh yeah you've exposed your beliefs and host bodies are such an interesting um because that's really exposing the whole idea of of seeing a pregnancy as how can we how can we save this baby and not seeing it as a woman being involved so by calling her a host body it's again prioritizing the baby and not the woman exactly because it's you know and it is this thing there was also something I saw, um, oh my God, I forgot her name. She is American. She's amazing. Uh, she talks about race and has done for years. Jane Elliott, and she talks about, there's this clip and she talks about the fact that um, the big problem is that the numbers are dwindling and um, 
white people will eventually become the will be bred out basically right yeah right and it's got nothing to do with anything else except that white people white men don't want that to happen so this is why they are starting and pushing for this so that it then can happen it's the crazy like eugenics kkk idea of like purity and super and like yeah i mean eugenics is i'll see i'll see terms like evolutionary psychologist in someone's twitter bio and i'm like oh yeah you're one of those and that's just basically that's just basically a a, a posh way of saying that i believe that white people are superior yes it was from 2019 and um in that year, white people constituted 60% of the US population, down from um, 90% in 1950. Wow. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's projected that by 2050, they will be the new minority. So if... So in 30 years' time, so if they're stopping women now in one state to then... So that that can then move. I mean, you know. So if they're if they're worried about um, more mixed race babies being born, why are they uh, counteracting abortion? I'm just trying to. I'm struggling to understand their logic because if but I think that that's probably part of the thing, right? I don't think you or I could understand. Of course, Street. I can understand a racist. I mean, I mean, if um, no, I just mean like that thing of like what, like why they would think that it's just going to be white babies, like why they're not going to think that a woman might be with um a Hispanic man or a black man. So it's like you know, they, I don't think they think like that because okay. I think when they think, they think about a woman being with them, which is a white man. Right, they think white and then other. Yeah. Yeah. I could be wrong, and if there are any men, men listening, please let me know. But I would, I would, I would think that when a, a white guy thinks about a woman with a man, they automatically will think with her with a white man. Yeah, I think that's plausible. I'm going to start asking all my male friends now. <laughs> Can you tell no. me? Give a pen and paper and ask them to draw it. Can you tell me? Can you tell me when you think about this? Like, um, um, but yeah, I think that it's a really a. It will be interesting to see what happens over the next while in the US. Um, and I don't know if you saw the press secretary the other day when she was being questioned. Oh, it was incredible! It was incredible. So calm and like, oh, I, I wish I could speak with that sort of like conviction. Yeah. she was incredible it's like yes Jen I think her name is Jen yeah Jen can't remember her surname names are avoiding me Monday morning is uh this what happens um Lily uh I mean I literally could talk to you for hours but you know you have a life and uh things money to make and money to make make those pennies um what do you have coming up what is what's on the horizon for you so I just had a book that came out about two weeks ago and that's called Kyle Theory and you can buy that anywhere. WH Smith, Waterstones, Amazon. Um, and if you go on my website, you can find, get it from Waterstones, which I obviously recommend because if you buy it from Amazon, it's, you know, it's Amazon. Uh, what else do I have coming up? I'm working on a book with a friend, which is a guide to the alt-right through memes. So that's something a bit different, but I'm really excited about it. And I think it's like really going to be really necessary. Um, I'm doing some talks and some schools about online radicalization and incels and how to avoid that. Um, but in general now, I'm just going back to publishing weekly cartoons, which I'm really excited to be able to have that time again to do that. And also to get stocked up for Christmas merchandise. Yes, get on that merch. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant that you're going into schools really great, just like, you know, what we were talking about, about dealing with it at the root, and, like, that's, that's so important. Um, the question that we like to ask everybody before we finish is um, the phrase persistent and nasty. What does persistent and nasty mean to you, Lily O'Farrell? Persistent means 
not letting the anger pass by. It's like holding onto the anger and harnessing it. And anger is an energy. So using it as your petrol. And then nasty is like all the best things. It's dirty and slutty and loud and unashamed and um, brash and uh, cocky. I love being called cocky. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Lily, honestly, thank you so much. Such a joy to talk to you. Um, we thank you will... so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. We will share everything. We'll share all your stuff about your book. Everything will be in the description of the episode for everyone. Um, but everybody should be following this amazing human being. If you enjoy the Persistent and Nasty podcast and support the work that we do, please like, download, subscribe and review each episode. It really does help us get our message out and our incredible guests heard to as many people as possible. And last up, it's me and Louise. This is from our fourth birthday celebration and it's just a little bit of what we want to see for the podcast and what Persistent and Nasty means to us. So on this last little bit of these special two episodes, thank you all for listening. Thank you for your gorgeous feedback. It's been so lovely to hear. It's been a real joy for me to re-listen and um, to hear our lovely little sunflower, Misha. We miss her. So until next time, listen up and stay nasty. I am so committed and excited about the idea of seeing women in their 50s represented on television, yes. going about their lives, experiencing grief, doing their thing and still being fabulous. Yes. Um, and because have you seen that meme that's going around like in terms of like the golden girls compared to and just yeah. like that and just like the, the, the way that women at that age, like they're seeing it or like I think the and just like that cast are technically older yeah they the are all girls cast in yeah. that promo shoot yeah. yeah and it's just like the perception of what a woman can be in their in her 50s has changed so drastically in so many ways for the positive and I am very committed to almost like cheerleading and just like that in terms of it's I want it to be successful because if it's successful then it means that there can be more content like that better content better written content <laughs> but like mm. do you know what I mean but there definitely can be because like look at grace and frankie yeah but look at my current obsession with hacks and jean smart yeah. like i'm obsessed with her hygiene come on the podcast um <laughs> but i think and this is again where i think it, this reminds me of our original mission statement like the, the, the sentence that we sort of hung our hats on when we started which was the the cult cultural narrative can be changed by the stories we tell mm-hmm. so the stuff that we see on our tv screens and on our stages has has a direct impact on the culture which is why it's important for representation etc etc people listening know what we mean by that and i think no twitter doesn't explode in response to grace and frankie and in response to hacks although arguably should because those are two brilliant shows but because there's still this uh chokehold from this franchise on the get ready to drink right guys <laughs> it, means that, <laughs> it means that everyone's still talking about it and if everyone's still talking about it whether it's good or bad or they're unpicking the writing or whatever that can only be a good thing on so many levels there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of stuff that, or not negativity there's a lot of problematic stuff that's definitely worth unpacking for another podcast probably but the fact that it's still there and it's being talked about it must be furthering the conversation somehow and that can only be positive it is i am actually going to disagree with you though because grace and frankie definitely is on twitter when it comes out so oh i'm sure it is no i'm sure it is i just mean in like that kind of global like but it's also the fact you know... of if we look at the average age of the people who use twitter and use a hashtag mm. yeah we are going yeah. to be the people that watched i mean Anyway, we'll come back to it at a different podcast. <laughs> we're celebrating, just in case we haven't told you guys, we're celebrating it. You people, <sighs> trying not to say guys. It's such so a Scottish thing, and it's, like, really annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in case you hadn't realised, it is um, our anniversary, birthday, four-year celebration podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think earlier, and it's really bloody hard 
of our kind of of my favorite podcasts because actually a they've been we've been so lucky um but I actually just think across the board for me I've been really honored to have got to speak to the people that we've that we've been able to speak to and just the wisdom and love and care and um, joy that they've and heartache that they've shared with us has just been really it's been a bloody privilege it has it's been a real privilege and uh, yeah it's been I'm super grateful for that um because it's sort of a bit like I still feel like we're the little podcast that could in some ways and I still feel like we're the, a little bit like the underdog, a little bit niche. Yeah. I still, you know, I feel like, I'm just going to say, I feel like we've still not quite got the recognition that we maybe deserve. Oh, no, that we definitely deserve. I'm going to yeah. say it. We definitely deserve it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we're, we're sort of here doing our thing. And I think some, I just worry sometimes that people take the nasty in our name a little bit too literally. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes do but you know that's fine whatever you just need to come on and see that that's not true um we are very lovely um so yeah I feel I feel like the the level of guests that we've had um and the, the depth of conversation that we've been privileged to have with those guests has been really remarkable and I'm grateful for every minute of it um yeah as a as a listener you know I'm not always on the podcast the last couple of years have been really mental and I've not always Be been busy babe and but I'm a I'm a fan as a listener you know as much as I am having been part of it part of the journey of its development so yeah it's I think it's great so I still I've got a little like you know a little fire under my butt about us getting a little bit more recognition yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like we've done some good work I, feel like I think we've done, we've done great work, work. I think we've done great work. And on that moment, I would like to shout out to um, journalist Ashley Davies, who um, gave us a beautiful review and named us Podcast of the Week in the Times. Um, That was so lovely. Middle of November, end of November 2021. I'll need to double check that. um, And I'll link it in the the show notes. I think you can find it as well if you go to our like social media our instas and twi- twitters and what have you the link tree I think it's still linked in there I'm pretty sure it is um but yes that was very very kind of Ashley um and a lovely little surprise actually um, yes it was yeah um, and I think like we can and I would just kind of I'm going to be totally honest like you know the end of like 2021 for both of you and I for various different reasons was just insane and um I think it's just a you know there's a big thing when and Louise no I'll agree with this the podcast is is like my little baby like I love it and I love editing it and I love organizing it and I have really missed doing it like I really have but we both were just on burnout and actually there wasn't the capability and capacity and I do remember at one point it was probably like end of November maybe maybe before then there was almost like a guilt feeling I had of that I hadn't got an episode out because we have because we have worked really hard to build our listenership Mm. and in my head I was like no I'm losing all our listeners because I haven't done the work but what I do know about our listeners is their loyalty and the fact that you know Already, um, we put out on the socials that we're back next week, and um, the lovely comments we're already getting. It's just, I know. it's I think it's me. important to remember you've got to give yourself a break. Sometimes you just need to be gentle on yourself and give yourself time to recuperate and heal from whatever you need to heal from, and it's a lot of work. It is yeah. a lot more. I think a lot of people are like, it's the podcast podcasting is such a you know 2022 thing. It's like it's the it's the cultural offering of our moment. And uh I think people think it's easy. I think people think you just jump on Zoom with a microphone or whatever and and that's that. And it's like there's so much more to it. And 
as you know, is a hefty amount of admin and editing and social media to like build a platform and, and keep it kind of relevant and keep it going. It's a shit ton of work. And that's on top of the other stuff we do. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, we say this and this is, you know, but we aren't funded yet. Um, and we don't have an organization behind us. We're not with a podcast you know, station or company or that can give us that support. So it's just us. Yeah. So but you, you that gives us, thank you. But that also gives us a freedom, I think, that maybe we might not have. have perhaps. To, perhaps. We're not part of big podcasts, whatever big podcast is. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, well, most of the podcasts that I listen to, apart from us and yourself, obviously, is, um, true crime which I've mentioned many times and there's like the podcast um are they an or are they a business station whatever who knows well I I certainly not turning down any offers of like no but you can come and help us anytime you want sponsorship or support you know if anybody wants to do that feel free do you know what we've never actually asked each other the question that we ask everybody at the end of the podcast oofed what does persistent and nasty mean to you, Louise Oliver? Oh, so much pressure. I'm sweating. I'm sweating under my boobs. Um, what does persistent and nasty mean to me? I feel like it's changed so much over the years. But I guess down to its core, um, it still remains for me being unapologetic about what you believe to be right and going after the things you want I think there's something about that and and what you want and when I say we're going after the things you want I I am not necessarily referring to like kind of career driven stuff or yeah creative stuff I'm sort of referring to the idea of going after a better way of doing things yeah. in a better world and I think it means not for me I think it's about realizing that you don't need to make yourself small you can absolutely take up the space you deserve to take up because your feelings and thoughts and opinions are valid and who you are is valid and yeah fuck the patriarchy <laughs> ultimately I think that's what it means <laughs> that was not very concise no, but... no it's really funny because lots of the words that you used I do do you want to ask me the question I do want to ask you the question okay, okay you asked me the question Elaine Stewart <laughs> what does persistent and nasty mean to you so everything that you have just said and I'm probably going to repeat some of the words that you've just uh, used because they're absolutely right um what it means to me though actually is a connection with you and Misha that will forever be there um oh god I've got wash <laughs> sorry I was on mute I did have a reaction to that by the way I'm not a soulless monster just in case I <laughs> she did she did very silent oh the physical no, because it's a connection. I, what we have gone through with this, I won't go through with anyone else mm. and nobody else. And I, and Belle and Emily were right at the very start, but they weren't with us as much for as long as Misha was and for the amount of work that was. And um, so with, with you and Misha, um, the stuff that we've gone through and, created and the support and the community that has come along with us um were tied together yeah so in the most beautiful way um so for me when I hear it persistent and nasty it makes me think about people I love oh <laughs> um but also as the phrase it makes me uh, what it means to me is to believe in your power stand in your power be unapologetic and find your own 
path in whatever form your life is and know that even when it's really dark it's going to be okay and there's always someone there if you need them thank you for being with us thank you for listening and until next time stay nasty I'll never get that right